0: Are you ready for some more word? Yeah. The the, the power of of last night is I didn't get a chance to, to finish it because God was moving so mightily and so powerfully. But I want you to understand that Jesus said it like this. Give us this day our daily bread. What I didn't get a chance to preach to you in the end last night was that if you eat, that if you ate last night, he said, I got a fresh meal in the morning. And that no matter what you eat on whatever level you have today, the beauty is if you eat all you want to today, he still has more for you to eat tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. Are you thankful for a God that knows how to meet the need? I feel like preaching a little bit in here. Can I preach? I know I got to run to a plane and all that stuff, but I just kind of like Beaumont, Texas. I just, I just kind of like it here. I feel... I feel family here, and uh, my wife says to tell you hello. She said, I ain't, you're not going another time without me. So uh, she said to tell you hello. They were praying last night. God moved. How many got a touch from God last night? Just, God wrecked your life, and you'll never be the same. Amen. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 4, and uh, if I don't get a chance to... to greet all of you or whatnot because I have to catch this plane. Let me just tell you, connect with me. I'm so thankful for all the testimonies that you guys were sending me on Instagram and and all that. Do that. Let us know. We want to capture those moments. And uh, while I'm doing that, Matthew chapter 4, go ahead and open up your Bible, Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 22. I want to say thank you again to uh, the lead pastors of this house. Thank God for the youth pastors of this house and uh, your youth pastor. If you're thankful for your youth pastor and the leadership that put this conference on, you ought to give God some praise. You say, you say, Pastor Josh, why did you do that? You did that last night. Well, the reason I do that every time is because honor is the key to access in the kingdom. Whatever you refuse to honor, you repel from your life and whatever you honor, you attract into your life. So maybe the reason why you're not getting close to the things that you want God to do is because you have yet to honor it. And so when you honor it, it's not being flashy, it's not being arrogant, it's not being cheesy. Really what you're saying is who you are, Is there's something in you that I want to be. And so I honor the authority of this house, the leadership of this house, and I thank God uh, for having me. Now I feel like preaching. Will you preach back at me this morning? Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. All we need is about five verses today, and God's going to speak to us. This is what God's Word says. If you're ready, shout yes. Yes. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Mm -hmm. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two others of the brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I really want to zero in on two verses. I want you to take a look at 19 and 20. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. It is my assignment very quickly this morning to preach to you a message. God told me to ask you really a question this morning. He wants me to ask you, what is your net worth? What is your net worth? Can Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the anointing I feel. God, I pray prevail in this room. Prevail, Lord, over every Lord notion that we have, God, that this is just a morning service. God, I pray, Lord, go deeper. Do something extravagant in this room. Father, Lord, I pray speak, Lord, until something shifts and changes forever. Today, Lord, we came to hear you talk to us, Lord. So now we lean in. And, Father, we know, Lord, as we get in the word, the word is going to get in us. And we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, somebody shout amen. You just touch your neighbor as you're seated and say what's your net worth? What what is your net worth? What is your net worth? Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. If there's anything I believe that you have to understand today more than anything that, that else that I say to you is you have to understand first and foremost concerning yourself that you are not a mistake. I wish I had somebody that would. I said, I said, you are not a mistake. It doesn't matter what people have done, what people have said, who your parents are. You are not a mistake because before they ever had you, God made you. Before you were ever part of this culture, God made you, and God did. God made you on purpose, and because He made you on purpose, He made you with purpose. I want somebody to get that revelation. I said, because God made you on purpose, he made you with purpose. You came into this earth with purpose, the kind of purpose that hell hates and the devil shudders at. And every demonic force wants to run for the door because when your purpose manifests, God's kingdom is advanced and hell's kingdom is diminished because you have purpose. Touch a neighbor, say, I've got purpose. I've got purpose because I was made on purpose. Unfortunately, in this room, the reason why the the most fleeting thing in all the world is this, is that most people spend their whole life trying to discover this nebulous thing called purpose. Everybody wants to know why they were created. The sad reality of it all is simply this, is that most people spend their entire life doing what without ever discovering their why? Why? Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said, most people go from what to what to what to what without ever understanding why they were created. And let me tell you, what can become frustrating when you don't know why? That's why God wants you to do more than just understand your purpose because to start understanding your purpose, you must discover yourself. God wants you to discover you because when you discover you, you will no longer see other people and see them as competition, but you will see an opportunity for completion. In other words, when you really know who you are and know your purpose, you'll know who you are, but you'll also know who you're not. are you hearing me? Because the power of purpose is, is when you know who you are, you'll know who not to date, and you'll know where not to go, and you'll know what job not to take, because you'll understand one thing, that if it's not part of my purpose, it's not part of my path. If it's not in my purpose, I don't need to walk down that road. And if when I know who I am, it will become easier to make decisions, because now I know if it's not in alignment with what God has called me to do, therefore I do not need to do it, because why? I do not want to inflict pain on my purpose purpose. God has purposed you. Everybody wants to know purpose. Everybody wants to know why they were created. The what's of life get easier when the why of your life is discovered. Everybody wants purpose. I know what you're saying in this room, Pastor Josh, I want to know my purpose, but how do I discover my purpose? I'm glad you asked. Because if you want to know your purpose in this room, there are two things you must discover. Number one, if you want to discover your purpose, number one, you must know your passion. If you want to know your purpose, you have to know what you are passionate about. Because if you want to know what passion is, passion is the fuel of purpose. You will never do it right if you don't have the passion for it. In fact, let me just help somebody. You shouldn't do it at all if you don't have the passion for it. It is the passion towards a thing that becomes the first clue that God ever gives you in discovering your purpose. If there is passion for it, you might be called to it. What are you passionate about? I'm just talking to you for a minute. I'm going to preach here in a second. What are you passionate about? What disturbs you? What wakes you up in the morning? What's the thing that when you see it, other people may walk right past it, but when you see it, something gets triggered deep down in your soul that says, wait a second, I don't like what I saw. See, that's what God is really looking for because here's what real people with purpose do. Real people with purpose solve problems, not just see them. Come on, somebody. That's why Jesus never chose a Pharisee. He never chose a Pharisee. Why? Because Pharisees are good problem seers. They weren't good problem solvers. And in the kingdom of God, he's not looking for problem seers. He's looking for problem solvers. Which leads me to number two. Not only do you have to have a passion for it, you have to understand what problem your life has been called to solve. Because everything that is aligned to purpose is not in a platform. It's in a problem. See, your generation wants the mic, but God wants to know, can you handle the mess? Your generation wants the platform, but God's saying, can you pay the price and solve the problem? If you want your purpose to be unlocked, God will never hand you a mic or never give you a platform until he he knows you can handle the problem and get in the mess. Because the real part of purpose that you need more than anything is a problem to solve. Everything that you've ever, everything that's ever been tied to your purpose first lives in a problem. And until you know the problem your life has been called to solve, you will never discover the purpose God has for your life. Let me, let me go deeper into this and then I'm going to preach this thing. Because here's what I really want you to understand of, about the problem you're called to solve. Everything that was ever created was only created to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. There was a problem with me knowing the time. I didn't know the time, and so somebody created the watch, and now the purpose of the watch is to solve the problem of me not knowing the time. Let me go deeper. Uh, We came into this world naked. Amen. Uh, And somebody, praise God, decided to to create clothes. Amen. You should have said amen right there. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful uh, that we're all wearing clothes in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Show me your glory. I ain't just trying to see anything else. Amen. Amen. But watch this, the creator of clothes, when he created the clothes, now the function and the purpose of the clothes is to solve the problem called nudity. Therefore, the purpose is fulfilled when the clothes go on. What am I trying to tell you? The fact that you were not born at any other time and any other moment that you aren't dancing with David, you weren't walking around during the times of Christ, you weren't around during medieval moments, tells me that God purposely puts you in the earth right now, which means that there is a problem that your life has been caused to Saul not in the past and not in the future but right in the here and now which means watch this if you're not dead God's not done are you hearing me in this room? I said, if you're not dead, God is not finished with your life. If you are still breathing in this room, it is the breath that you have in your lungs that tells that God that you still have purpose and tells your problem that there is something that your life is coming to solve. And let me tell you where the devil gets real nervous. He gets real nervous when somebody in this room rises to the occasion and says, I will not just see the problem, but I will solve the problem. And when I do, God will be glorified and hell will be terrified. If you believe it and know you got purpose, somebody give God some praise right now. Touch your neighbor say, I'm going to solve it. Yeah, I'm going to solve it. I'm going to solve it if nobody else solves it. I'm going to solve it if nobody wants me to solve it. I'm going to solve it. It doesn't matter what the devil does and the hindrance I see. I will solve the problem I see because God is depending. His kingdom is dependent on me solving the problem. Everybody wants to know purpose, purpose, passion in a problem. Huh. This, my friends, is the backdrop of our text this morning is that there are men who have been called to solve a problem because they have great purpose. Yet the text tells us that before Jesus gets to their life, uh, that they are meandering and meddling and muddled in some type of purpose that is less than what they're called to. And it's dangerous in this room to know you've got purpose and to be less than anything God created you to be. Y'all ain't saying a word to me. Just shove your neighbor, say, I gotta be more. Come on, no, no, say it with some enthusiasm, say, I gotta be more. I I, got to be more. I got to be more. I got to be more than where I'm at. I got to be more than what I'm in. God is calling me to something greater. See, that's one of the first lies that the enemy tells your generation is that whatever you're in, you have to be for the rest of your life. But the devil is a liar because God didn't create you to stay in where you're at. He is calling you to something bigger, better, and greater than what you've ever known. You must know that you've got purpose. These men are fishing They are doing the right thing on a lesser level. They are fishing for fish. They are doing something with passion, yet they are doing it on the wrong dimension. What if I told you this morning that there are some things you can do with the right passion on the wrong dimension and never fulfill your purpose? They are fishers of fish when God has called them to be fishers of men. Well, how do I get from fishers of fish to fishers of men? I'm glad you asked because the text says that right in between them they are celebrating not having purpose and them fulfilling the call of God later in Scripture, the Bible says Jesus wanders right down by the seashore and he calls them because in between the promise said and the promise fulfilled is this thing called a calling. And God has sent me here this morning to tell you that he is doing more than just speaking. He is doing more than just giving you songs this weekend. That he is using this weekend to stand on the shore of your life and call you into your destiny and call you into something greater. He has come. He has come, and the power of a moment like this is when Jesus comes, it's the power of the text is is that even though they didn't know they had more, he knew where they were to bring them into more. Are you not thankful in this room that no matter where you are and no matter what you're doing, God knows how to find you? oh I wish I had some people that would preach back at me I I said aren't you glad that when you're in some things that you don't know how to get out of and you feel stuck in a situation and you feel like you can't get out and you don't know where the open door is that when you don't know how to get to him he still knows how to get to you that he knows how to find you that that he's got GPS baby and he knows where you're living and he knows where you're thinking and he knows where you're acting and I know you don't know how to get out but if you'll just stay tight he'll come on your seashore and speak down in your life and call you into the greater. If you're thankful for it, you ought to give God some praise right now for the call of God. He do where to find them. The power of that is simply this. We've, we, we've all got cell phones. I'm going to teach just a second. We've all got cell phones. Amen. 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 We got cell phones. And one of the, the most used things on your cell phone uh, is your GPS. Our generation loves the GPS. Amen. Uh, I love my GPS, but you know what? As eager as it is to give me instruction and direction, it can't until I give it a point of origin. Until I tell it where I'm at, it can't tell me where I should go. And sometimes the only thing that keeps you out of getting the instruction and the direction you need in your life is finally being honest about where you really are. Can I tell you that some of you aren't getting what God has for you, not because God isn't ready and not because you're not gifted, but because you're not honest. And sometimes if you want God to take you where you've never been, you got to be honest about where you are. And you got to say, you know what, it's not pretty, it's not right, it's less than where I'm called to be. I've done some things that don't look so good, but nevertheless, I'm going to be honest about my life because I know that with my honesty, it is my honesty that will release his majesty and he will use the moment to call me into something greater than where I am. And he walked down to the shore and he met them. They didn't even know that their moment had come to be called into something greater. See, that's why I love conferences like this. Because you come with expectation, but God comes with intention. I said, you come with expectation, but God always shows up to conferences with intention. In other words, you don't know what God's going to do, but God always knows what he's going to do in a moment like this. And he has come to call. And the text says that standing on the shore, them living in lesser, he opens his mouth and he speaks and says, hey, follow me. Follow me. One two-word phrase that disrupted their entire life. Because the truth about the call of God is this, is that when the call of God comes, the call of God is disruptive. Ah. All the adults in the room should have said amen right there. Because I know what you, you, you want. You, you, you really want the nice Jesus. You, you want the Bible Jesus on TV that just walks around with long flowing hair, you, you, you want the kind of Jesus that, that is easy uh, to, to, to love and you love him. But, but can I tell you, uh, you got the wrong Jesus. Yeah. Because the Jesus I know, yes, loves you, but he will not leave you how he found you. He's always calling you, and when he calls you, the call that he brings is a disruptive call. When he calls you, he will, you will have to make a choice. When the real call of God comes, it's not about what you want. There is no time to bargain. There is no time to wait. There is no time to barter. When the call of God comes, it will disrupt everything in your life and make you make a choice. That's why some of us don't want to be called. We don't want to be called, number one, because we don't want to leave our comfort. Oh, hallelujah. But can I tell you, there is no such thing as being called and comfortable. I wish I had somebody that would amen me right there. I said there is no such thing as being called and comfortable. To be called by God and to live in your comfort zone is a paradox because watch this. If it was about your comfort, there would be no need for a comforter. Because the truth of the matter about the comforter is the comforter only comes in your discomfort. The comforter only comes in the moments where you feel uncomfortable. And that's what some of you have to know in this room, that you aren't seeing God move in your life like you want to. Not because you're not gifted, but because you have not stepped out of the boat yet to try to walk on water. What if I told you your next miracle and your next blessing and the next anointing and the next great thing in your life would be just one step away from leaving your comfort for the uncomfortable. But I got news, if you ever step out, if you ever move beyond, God will send his spirit to do the miraculous and the powerful in your life. If you believe it, give God some praise and uncomfortable praise right now. That's why every once in a while in worship, you can't do what you've always done, because if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. That's why every once in a while in your worship, oh, I feel like preaching now. Every once in a while, you got to be willing to look down your row and say, I don't care what you do, and I don't care what you do, but as for me in this house, we're going to serve and praise. So I'll stand, and I'll lift my hands, and I'll shout, and I'll run, and I'll dance, whatever I've got to do, because I need a miracle in my life. Just touch a neighbor say I'm going to make it uncomfortable I'm gonna, I'm going to make it uncomfortable for you yeah I'm going to make it I didn't come for you to like me I came for a miracle I didn't come for you to bless me I came for him to bless me I need something in my life that's greater than this row I got a praise that must reflect my need and he called them and it disrupted them It was disruptive. Let me tell you another reason why we don't like the call of God. Because it's so disruptive that watch this. The entrance of his word, the Bible says, brings light. When God calls you, the lights come on. Are you hearing me? And the reason we don't want the light to come on is because we don't want to claim responsibility for bad decision making in our lives. In other words, as long as the light off, if we trip over something, it's not our fault. As long as the light is off, I don't have to ever claim responsibility for who I dated. for for where I went and for the jobs I took, but the Bible says that when he calls, the lights come on, and now you are responsible for what you see and what you stumble over or what you step around. That's why the call of God, when it comes, it will make you make a choice. It'll make you make a decision. It'll make you push towards your purpose. That's why when the call of God comes, you either have to say yes or stay where you are. And he called them. Not only did he find them, but he called them and he said to them, he said, follow me. Follow me. Two words. I have always wondered how two words could cause men to drop everything they had and everything that they knew and follow. How does follow me pull you out of the boat? Watch this. Until you start to realize that people follow people that have a propensity to feed their future. Did you hear what I just told you? I said people have a propensity to follow people that feed their future. People love to to know that if you're going to lead me somewhere, you are leading me into the future. You have created me. And who better to lead your life than the one that created it? Oh, are you hearing me? Who better to bring you into your destiny than the one who made you? Who better than to bring you into your purpose than the one who sat there and every facet of who you were and breathed you into time? Nobody better. So if you're going to follow anybody before you do it on Twitter and before you do it on Instagram, please follow Jesus because Jesus will never, le- oh hallelujah, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never walk, walk you down roads that you're not called to. He only has the best in mind. follow me follow me watch this and I'll make you oh did you hear what I just told you follow me and I'll make you Uh, he he said it's going to start out generic but by the time I get done it's going to be specific it's going to start off with just follow me. But by the time I'm done with you, I'll make you. I'll make you into a better man. I'll make you better into a better woman. I'll make you into a better husband. I'll make you into favored. I'll make you into anointed. I'll make you into the career that I've called you to be. I'll make you. I'll make you. Don't worry about people. They aren't in charge of this thing. When you follow me, I will take the responsibility on that as you follow me, I will make you. I don't know what God is calling you to, but trust this. If you ever have the audacity and the tenacity to follow Christ with everything you have. Trust that somewhere along the way he will go, you will go from following to made. He will make you what people can't make you. He will unmake what people made. Oh. He will do more for you in following than you could have ever done in staying. He will call you. Follow me and I'll make you. Can I go deeper? Follow me and I'll make you. I'm going to take you from generic to specific. Watch the next dimension of this thing. He said, follow me and I'll make you. Follow me. He said, what I'm going to do, he said, is I am going to change you in the process of following me. He said, you follow me and I'll change you. You follow me and I'll transform your life. See, that's the problem with some of us when we come to the altar. We come to the altar and the first thing we say is change this and change me. And God looks at you and says, that ain't your business. We are demanding change when that's never what God demanded of us. In other words, God said the only thing you are called to do, your responsibility is follow me. Hallelujah. If you would have heard what I just told you, you I just set somebody free right there because you've been striving for your own change. You've been striving for your own deliverance. You've been trying to make it happen on your own. You've been adding religion in and rules in and legalism in. And you think the more rules I have, the more change comes. But that's not the that's not the formula, baby. God says, here's how I produce transformation in your life. You follow me, and in the middle of following me, somewhere along the way, I will transform. Transform your life, and you will never be the same. Why? Because I'm the one in charge of changing. You're the one in charge of following. If somebody believes it, you ought to give God praise right now. that's why you can't take any worship set and any service for granted because what you don't understand is, is that in the middle of your pursuit of God, it's in the middle of pursuing God that God transforms you. That's why you don't have time to stand like this and worship and feel like this during word because you don't know what lyric, hallelujah, you don't know what scripture, you don't know what song could be the song that God uses to shift the whole thing around in your life. You don't ever know what time. That's why you don't know what lifted hand will do it. You don't know what song lyric sung will do it. That's why everything that has breath has to praise the Lord. Why? Because in the middle of your praise and your pursuit, God is turning your situation around. If you believe it, give God some praise right now. In fact, let me just do this right here. I wonder what your next praise would sound like if your next praise was the praise that God shifted your situation around. I wonder what this next praise would sound like if you knew that on this praise, your life would be changed, your family would be changed, everything would start moving. I wonder how you'd praise God if you knew that your body was about to be healed and your mind was about to be renewed. I wonder how you'd praise God. So here, what we're gonna do, I feel the anointing. i pray right now. I ask you this question. What would you praise like if you knew this next praise was the praise that shifted it? Why don't you show God right now and give him the praise that lets him know I'm ready for you to do it. Oh, transform me. Change me. Come on, you got 15 seconds right here to let God know that as I pursue you, you can change me. 10 seconds, 9 seconds, 8, 7, this is for a miracle, 6, this is for a blessing, 5, this is for your family. Somebody give him praise right now. Somebody shout. Hallelujah. Just touch your neighbor. Say, he's going to change it. He's going to change it. He's going to change it. You can be seated. He's going to change it. That's why every worship set should be the most rowdy thing in the entire world. Because you never know when God is about to shift it. But all I do know is, as I pursue him, he will change me. That's all you're responsible for in your faith. Is you follow, he makes. Follow me. And I will make you, I could stay right there all day. I will make you fishers of men. Let me stop right there. I'm just going to do a little exegesis right here. Follow me and I'll make you fishers. Fishers, watch this. He said, I'm going to make you fishers. He said, because there's some things about you I'm going to keep. I'm not going to change everything. Because there's certain ways I made you that I need you to remain even while I'm changing you. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, let, me, let me put that in your world. If you were funny before you got saved, stay funny after you get saved. <laughs> if you were smart before you got saved, stay smart after you got saved. Stop changing your DNA and your personality to fit a mold of a culture. God did not create you to blend in with everybody else. He created you to stand out because of your purpose and your call. You have been uniquely created to do what you are called to do. You have been divinely uh, destined for what you have been called to do. And when God calls you, he says, yes, I may change what you do, but I don't want to change all the way who you are and forfeit the purpose. I'm going to call you. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. When he called them, the reason why it was so disruptive, because now for the first time in their life, and somebody can come to the keys, for the first time in their life, they are now confronted with the thought that they have been doing the right thing on the wrong level. And I believe God sent me here. To let you know that you've got the right passion, you've got the right purpose, but you have been doing it on a less than level. And he has shown up in your life today to tell you that I want to make you. I want to make you into everything you've been called to be. I want to make you into the things you didn't even know you could be. I want to make you into things you've never dreamed you could be, but you must follow me. And in one moment of saying, follow me, and I'll make you, the text says, immediately, oh, I love that word, because it tell me that there was no discussion, no thinking, no worrying, mm-hmm. no fear. I'm preaching to somebody right now. No doubt, no second thought, When he called and they saw where they were and they saw where he wanted them to be, they didn't think about it. They didn't think about what other people would think about them. They didn't think about what their family would think. All of a sudden they said, if he's calling me, there is something about my future that's in his voice and I don't have to stay here anymore because the call of God is an invitation out of where you are and into where you're called to be. But you must respond. When he calls you, you must respond. Good or bad, mediocre or great, you have to respond when he calls. The text said immediately. Immediately. I was in a hotel a couple weeks ago standing in the lobby. And when I was in the hotel, I was standing there talking and all of a sudden the fire alarm went off. The fire alarm went off. And uh, let me tell you what I didn't do. I didn't stand there and look at it and say, wow, those lights are beautiful. And that sound is so pure in my ear. I, I, you know what, I, I wonder, what model is that? Is that, the, is that the Fire Alarm 2000? It is? Okay. I didn't stand there and contemplate what I heard. I knew that that sound required an immediate response. And my friends, though God does not sound like a fire alarm, his call will pierce your soul like one. Awakening you to everything you might be. Everything you could be. Everything you should be. If you just follow him. The text says without any regard. The text says immediately they left their nets. And this is what I came for. Because we don't see a whole lot of real encounters with Jesus anymore. We see people who respond to God and keep their net. But can I tell you, a real encounter with Jesus will always call you to leave something else behind. This is just truth right here. A real encounter of God does not let you keep your past and gain your future at the same time. A real call of God won't let you hold the hand of history and grab the hand of destiny in one, in one single moment. To have what he has, there is always something you must leave. There is always something you must drop. There is always something you must leave behind. Why? Because how could God put in your hands if you don't come empty-handed to him? Some things God can't get in our hands because we're not empty-handed when we came to him. We came with stuff that we were trying to pull into our future from our past. But God does not want you to come to him with any agenda or your will or any construction of your own to think to make your future work. That is not your business, my friend. God wants you to come empty-handed. That's how God knows you're ready for your future is when you can come and say, I don't have anything left. I've given it all up for you. There's nothing that remains there's nothing hidden. There's no will. There's nothing I've held back from you. I come empty-handed. And God said that is the right posture. That is the right place to be because empty hands are hands that I fill with purpose and I feel with destiny. That's how I know you're ready for the next level is how empty you are when you come into where I am. And they drop their nets. Every person in this room has a net. Every person has a purpose, oh. a calling, but every person has a net. Something your hands are holding on to that you're afraid to lose. Because the truth is about your net. Is your net is the thing in your life that they could take everything else but please don't take that. I know they call it a net, but really for some of us it's a security blanket. It's the things we think we need to survive in life. So I don't wanna lose them. Help me do it, Holy Ghost. And I don't wanna lose him. And I don't, Lord, don't take her. Because I don't know if I'll get anything better. So I wanna hold on to the net, the struggle. I'll hold on to the tragedy. I'll stay being a victim. But can I tell you, if you want your future, you're going to have to leave your net. Oh, hallelujah. If you want what God has, there is something you must drop to pursue him. There is something you must say. As painful as it is, as much as it hurts, as much as I struggled with it, as much as I thought I needed it, he is calling me. And I must leave my net. To follow him. The text says immediately they left their nets. Excuse me one second. I want to talk to my net. I want to thank my net. Because in that season, you were what I needed. I feel the anointing. In that season, you gave me some things that I had to have to get what I needed to survive. So I'm not mad at you. In fact, let me say thank you to you. But I can't stay with you anymore because he's calling me. Don't worry about it. I'll see you around. There'll be nights I think about you There'll be nights I might even cry over you. But I cannot have what He has for me and stay with you. I love you. I'll see you around. God, I've done it, I've left my net. Is your net worth missing what's next in your life? Is your net worth missing your next work? Are you okay with living in mediocrity for the rest of your life when God is calling you to something bigger than you've ever dreamed of? My friend... Is your net worth it? God is calling you. sure I feel the anointing. I feel him right now in this room. Real soft. He's calling. Do you hear him? He's calling you into things that you thought you lost. He's calling you into dreams you thought were dead. He's calling you. He's saying, follow me. I still got it. Follow me. I've got your best in mind. Follow me. I can make it happen. Follow me. I'll make you into what you co- Follow me. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter left his net. But for his entire life, that would be his struggle. Peter didn't have people issues. He had net issues. Don't believe me? By the time we get to Luke 5, he's back out on a boat throwing his net again. Don't believe me? John 21, the text says that after all the stuff happened with the crucifixion and the resurrection, Peter looked at all of them and said, I don't know what's happening. I go fishing. Back out to my net. And for some of us, that has been the struggle of our life. It has not been with people. It has been with picking up a net that we used to leave behind. It has been picking up a struggle, picking up an addiction, picking up a pain, picking up a torment, picking up an affliction over and over again. And he is calling you that once and for all you have to let go of the net. He's calling you one last time telling you it's still secure and I forgive you for every time you went back to the net. But I'm calling you today and I'm telling you let the net immediately they left their nets and they followed him. In this morning's session, God told me he has some things for you tonight. But there's a net you must leave this morning to get what he has prepared for you. As you stand to your feet. Whew, I feel such a different anointing in here. Because everyone has a net. Everyone has something that they must leave behind for the sake of the calling God has for your life. You are born with purpose. You have been made with destiny. But unless you drop the net, you will never see what God has said. I feel freedom in this room. I feel like there are some people that are finally bold enough to say... God, I'm willing to leave it once and for all for what you have for me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord, for this unique anointing I feel in this moment. We are purposed people, destined people. God, but I pray right now, give us a boldness to leave the net behind and respond. Young lady, he's calling you. Young man, he's calling you. And the only thing he requires is an immediate response in a drop net. With every head about every eye closed, nobody looking around. Pastor Josh, if I were to be honest, I've got my appetite back and my relationship right, but there's this net. There's this one thing in my life that I need freedom from real deliverance. I want my purpose. I want my destiny. I want my calling to be sure. I want what he has for me. But I do got this net. I do have this net. This this net. This, this this net that's holding me to my past. And today I want to get rid of my net. Your net could be an addiction. It could be what somebody did and what somebody said. Your net can be anything. As long as it pins you to your past, it is a net of the enemy that's holding you from your future and his calling. You must let go of the net. I hear your Holy Ghost. He's saying let let it go. Let it go. Let it go what they did to you. Let it go what they said to you. Let it go what happened to you. Let go of the addiction. Drop the net, God says. Drop the net. You don't have to be ashamed of it. You just have to drop it. You don't have to feel fear of letting go. God said, I got you. But you must drop the net today. You must drop the net of addiction, the net of pain. You must drop it. Immediately they left their nets. On the count of three, you say "Pastor Pastor Josh, there's a net that I must drop. On the count of three, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come to this altar as a sign that you have left your net and are leaving your net behind. On the count of three, come, come, come. One, hallelujah. Two, I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it. I'm following you and you'll make me. Three, if that's you, get to this altar. I'm leaving my net behind. And when you come, come standing with your hands lifted. With your hands lifted. It's the sign that you're coming empty handed. That you want real freedom. That you say, God, I've left my net in my seat. I've left my net where it is. I want real freedom. I want real purpose I want real destiny I want my future God I want my future Lord this is for real this time I'm leaving it and I'm never going back to it I'm leaving it and I'm forsaking it for the rest of my life I belong to you and I come empty-handed fill me God fill me Lord with the freedom I need he's calling you I hear him shouting in my spirit, follow me and I'll make you. Follow me and you haven't seen anything yet. Follow me and there's greatness in front of you. Follow me and I'll transform you. Follow me and I'll bend your depression up under the weight of my glory. Follow me and I'll set you free. He's calling you. Every head bowed for a second. Nobody looking around. I feel real soft for one second. I feel like there's some people in the seats right now. God is still calling you. You're in a fight right now with you and your net. Nobody looking around. But I'm telling you, God is calling you. Get out of your seat and come. I'll wait on you, friend. This is a, mo- this is a monumental moment in your life. You feel the weight. You feel the struggle. You feel the fight right now between you and your net. But God told me to wait just a second for somebody. I don't know who I'm waiting on. I don't know who I'm waiting on. But God is calling you. They're coming. Yes, Lord. I see you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you for responding. Thank you for responding. He's calling you. He's calling you. I feel real freedom in here. I know it's hard to leave a net. I know it's hard to leave something that's, yet, that's had you for years. But he's calling you. I want everybody up front to take two steps back. I want every pastor, every leader we've got, I want you to line this front. We're going to do something here. That's what the Lord told me to do when I was praying this morning. How many are ready? To leave the net and pursue the call of God on your life. Yeah, spread out all the way across. How many of you at this altar, I want you to look at Pastor Josh for a second. How many of you at this altar would say, Pastor Josh, I've made the decision to leave my net, but I know it's going to be hard. And I need God's real freedom. Because let me tell you what freedom is not. Freedom is not the space and time between when you last did it and when you pick it up again. That's not freedom. The sun didn't come to set you free for a little while. The Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. This kind of freedom that God wants to bring is the kind of freedom that lets you forsake your boat and your net. That says I'm never going back. I might be tempted, but I'm never going back. I want to be so full of my future that there's no room for my past. I want real freedom. You want real freedom in this room at this altar from the net, from the struggle, from the boat that has held you in, the, in a mediocre season. I want you to slip up your hand right now. You want real freedom. Look at this. Look at this. Leaders, I'm going to turn you loose. Young people, if you want real freedom, come on, lift them up high. Lift them up high. No shame today. Do you not understand that, that your lifted hands right now are the exact posture God needs and wants to bring your freedom into? It is your empty hands that are telling him you have finally let go. Leaders on the count of three, I want you to pray for as many students as you can. And I'm telling you, I feel real freedom. Not that conference freedom. Not that, not that fleeting freedom. I'm telling you, I feel yeah. real freedom in yeah. this room. Somebody's going to be so transformed by these last two days that your life will never be the same. Yes. You can mark it on your calendar at Anthem Conference 2017. God shifted my life in such a significant way that I am now in my purpose. And watch what the Lord is about to do in your life. Are you ready for Are you ready for it? I'm sorry. I just couldn't go without God slipping this in there. When, when Jesus came and he found James and John, they were mending their nets. There are things in your life that the reason you've been holding on to is because you've been trying to repair them for so long. And right now when the, the struggle and letting them go, no, God, I got it fixed now. No, I, that relationship is fixed now. You don't, you don't have to take it because I've got it fixed. That habit, that show, that, that relationship, that group of friends, don't worry, God, it was a problem before, but now I have it fixed. God didn't ask you to repair it. He asked you to let it go. So just don't confuse your effort with his calling. And so as we go on, if that's something that's holding on to you, that's not lost time, God will make it up. Just slip up your hands. The anointing of God is here. The anointing of God is here. Leaders on the count of three, I just want you to pray. And as you pray over students, I want you to pray absolute freedom. I want you to speak life into the moment that they are trying to leave from. I want you to let them know. I want you to encourage them. And I pray the power of God touches you in such a significant way. This message wasn't brought to you to inspire you. It was was here to transform your life. And if you embrace this word, God is about to transform your life forever. These men went from being fishers of fish to fishers of men in one moment of deciding to truly leave a net and follow Jesus. Are you ready? There it is. One, hallelujah. Leaders, get ready to lay your hands. Two, yes, Lord. Three, come on, lay your hands on them right now.